Michelle. Hi, I'm Caitlin. Welcome to Better Words. Well, hello. Welcome to 2019 and our special little mini getting back into the swing of things discussion about our summer reading. So this is Better Words because I didn't introduce that first. I'm Michelle and I'm from the Unfinished Bookshelf. And I'm Caitlin from Just a Bookish Babe. And like I said, this is a little mini episode to get you excited for the year ahead. We have some really great things planned and some great people that we're chatting to, but we've actually only kind of just seen each other for the first time for a couple of weeks because we both took Christmas holidays and we thought it'd be fun to just talk about what we read on our holidays. And watched and listened to and did and all of that. Consumed. (laughs) Yes, that's our word, consumed. So yeah, this is our little catch up. So Michelle, what did you read over Christmas? (laughs) The first thing that I read actually was a book that I kind of half read um, at during, I was going to say at the start of the year, but it was definitely in the middle of the year. And that was The Geography of Friendship by Sally Piper. So we had Sally on the podcast and we had a really, really great chat and you had read the book and we only had Mm -hmm. one copy. So we had to like swap it. So, So you'd read it and you were like you were gonna love this book and you're right I did I loved it but I got like halfway through it sort of and then we got really busy with the podcast and other things came up and I went to Geelong and I was reading a lot of stuff and I wanted to pass it on to my mum and we went to hers for Christmas so I was like I'll just save it till Christmas I'll go back to the start and reread it and just get into it which is what I did anyway it was the perfect read because while we were on holidays we actually did a couple of like bush walks we went on a couple of little walks through the bush yeah uh it's a really nice area where my mum lives in the scenic room in southeast queensland and so there are a couple of like mountainy sort of the first one we did was literally like climbing a mountain which i hadn't expected and it was on um christmas eve and it was stinking hot and we didn't really bring enough water for the the hike anyway we got up to what I think was the top Jack is convinced that there was more to it but you could not tell which to me was like (laughs) a really bad sign so coming down was much easier (laughs) anyway we had we had a lot of fun it was nice to get back into nature but the reason why that went so well with the book is because um Sally's Sally's writing style is really evocative of the Queensland bush and I was reading it and then we were doing these walks and so it sort of brought it a bit more to life, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, when I read it, I hadn't been out into the bush, but like... I generally avoid it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I generally avoid it, but I have definitely in more recent years. But um, yeah, I can imagine, you know, taking a bit of a walk and then reading about, you know, these women taking their hike would have been... Well, it's like so really descriptive of like yeah. the bird life and, you know, the bush. And, you know, there were some times where Jack and I just sat down and we were so unfit and puffed because we were climbing this mountain. And it just <laughs> sat down though and, you know, the sun was beating down. You could hear the animals. It just kind of reminded me of being in that literary world. A really great literary page turner slash thriller. Uh, I really, really liked the way that it all sort of came together in the end and I I was hooked yeah I was I knew you would love it (laughs) and um if you haven't if you're new to the podcast like welcome it's lovely to have you 
But if you haven't listened to our episode with Sally Piper, where we talk all about her writing process for the book. And also, actually, I remember one of the things we talked about was the fact that she won an award for her first novel, Grace's Table. And we talked about the pressure then of living up to, I guess, the hype and and the pressure that a literary award for your debut novel brings. But honestly, like her writing is magnificent. So definitely achieved that. But if you're interested in that kind of second book and pressure and perfectionism and stuff, we, we talked about that a lot in that episode too. So it's worth a, it's worth a listen, but like we think that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode is worth a listen, obviously. <laughs> My God. <laughs> My first holiday read um, was actually a book that I bought while I was in the US. Yay. So I bought this little paperback copy of flipped um in the last bookstore um so it's by i can't say her name Wendelin van drennen i think um is the author's name if i'm saying it correctly correctly so the story with this book is that we were looking in the last bookstore and just oh you know when, when you're in a big box bookshop like that and you just wander along the shelves and you're just looking at everything um otherwise known as heaven yeah yeah heaven <laughs> Um, anyway, and the title caught my eye because I, one of my absolute favorite movies, which I don't think I've made you watch yet. No, it's I'm on Netflix. Yeah. confused already. Yeah. No, so it's on Netflix. You have to watch it. But I used to go to like Video Easy and like Blockbuster and like me and my sister would continuously re-rent this movie. So it's called Flipped, which is why I picked up the book. And yes, it's the book of the movie. Oh. Yeah, so I read it quickly because I've seen the movie heaps of times. So the story about two people who live across the street from each other um, and it swaps perspectives because, like, the character of Julie has, like, had a crush on um, the boy for years and everything and then, like, as she sort of starts to grow up and, you know, realises that he hasn't been that nice to her, she's like, oh, well, you know why why do I like like why do I still like him like what's going on and she's like evaluating her friendships and everything meanwhile he then starts to like her obviously it's very very cute it's so cute so the book actually is set like in the late 90s but they changed it for the movie and it's like set in the 60s so cute okay yes and you know I love the 60s as well so we'll definitely have to watch that we you have to watch it Why it's so adorable okay. I don't I don't know it's just <laughs> such a sweet little yeah so I read the book quickly in a couple of days um and it it just feels so much like it was just like the movie like which is I'm so glad because like you know when you read a book after and you're like oh no I like the movie better or oh no it's so much better and it like changes your the novel is basically the script for the movie, which I just love. Yeah. Okay. Your turn again. <laughs> so the other thing I read was one that everyone was raving about. And so I put off reading. I bought it when everyone was raving about it. And then I put off reading it because I got that fear of hype fear. What if I don't like it? <laughs> um, it was Nevermore by Jessica Townsend. Really beautiful, just as beautiful as everyone said. Uh, there are some parallels with Harry Potter in in terms of, I guess, the arc of the the story, and there are similarities if you're looking for them. I was sort of keeping an eye on them because I'd heard someone mention that, 
So I've probably just ruined it for everyone else now. (laughs) I mean, maybe. But I think the similarities when people compare things like that to Harry Potter, it's like, you know, J.K. Rowling basically defined that kind of genre. Like, yeah, and you know, of course, you're going to compare things to Harry Potter because people were inspired by yeah, Harry Potter. You yeah, know? and you know, in all other senses, apart from a few things, you know, in in all other ways, it's a totally unique story. And there were only a few moments where I was like, oh yeah, I can see how you could say that's similar to Harry Potter but there was nothing that I was like oh gosh that's exactly you know it's still a completely unique beautiful story so uh, basically this girl has been told her whole life she's been destined to die when she's uh, I think 11 and she gets kind of saved and that's that takes place like in the first few chapters and then she gets introduced to this like magical world and she has to go through all these trials to get into the wondrous society which is this amazing society that everyone wants to be part of in in Nevermore and so the book is then the trials that she goes through and the family that she makes um at the hotel where she lives with her sponsor who saved her life uh, and I don't I don't think I've given any spoilers away then I'm just trying to think but all of that sort of happens in the that's kind of the premise for the for the book but what was great about it is it reminded me, do you remember me telling you about like my favourite book when I was little was Molly Moon's Incredible Book of Hypnotism? Oh, yes. 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 This is the first time I've ever felt that magic again where you just start reading and you're like, I could just, you just suspend belief and you get lost. Like the book is, it's a middle grade book, but it's still like maybe 400 pages of a, a small format, um, you know, the the general size it's still like 400 pages of that and obviously it's bigger print because it's middle grade but you just I flew through it like I I just flew through it and I was so lost in the world it was so so lovely and I would say that you know even Harry Potter didn't necessarily make me feel that way the same way that that Molly Moon had like it's just Mm -hmm. that kind of story of this underdog kid I mean, maybe Harry Potter did make me feel like that, but Molly Moon made me feel it first because I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter until I was older because my parents yeah. were super strict. So it so, just for me yeah. it re- it recreated that magic, and maybe that's yes, why people as you're, as you're a cynical adult now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know that's maybe why people feel like it's similar to Harry Potter too because mm. it's creating the feeling that they had of getting lost in a book yeah. that they had when they because I just immediately felt like you know anyone who loves this book go read Molly Moon's Incredible Book of Hypnotism because it's it's just it's just fun although not as you know magical fantasy but I mean it's a girl who learns she can get her own way anywhere in the world by hypnotism so it's sort of magic um this world though was just was just really beautiful and just joyful it was joyful and I'll definitely be reading the second one later in the year probably when we move to the UK after I've got through the rest of my unread books. Yeah. <laughs> so I really only read like, I really only finished those two books and I started reading another thing. Um, it was recommended by Bree Lee, who you know I am like obsessed with. Um, so it was the quarterly essay on net loss and it was actually about our online identities and how uh, we have this hidden identity but the online world has kind of melded our identities so there's no longer like an individual hidden identity it's all out there and it is sort of very academic and sort of hard to understand but at the same and I I probably will read it a second time 
just because you know it's quite it's quite in depth but in saying that I'm really enjoying it because it's kind of making me think about the way we use online um way we use online that's not the right word the way we use social media and how it kind of impacts our life in the long term which is interesting because we are kind of the last generation who kind of grew up when we were younger without it yeah and then have got it in our 20s so it's it's just kind of really interesting it's made me think about a lot of things and definitely well worth the read especially as someone who is like both of our jobs yeah both of our jobs are in the media and then in in different aspects of of the media and then both of us do this for a hobby so Mm -hmm. we're literally always online Mm -hmm. and always connected and does does that give us any sort of wriggle room with our interior self it's it's very conceptual and I'm not explaining it well but when I read it I understand it I just can't like explain it so yeah anyway (laughs) that's that's, so I feel like I didn't read as much as I maybe wanted to but at the same time I really savored the books I was reading well that's always good um the second book that I read while I was on holidays was Toxic by Nikki Cloak so I saw your photo for this it was like so summary so summary so the cover of the book if you haven't seen it is like a girl lying on like a pool ring i literally read a fair chunk of it in the pool (laughs) on a pineapple pool ring so yeah the photo i put on my instagram i like had the pool ring and took the photo yeah so it's an incredibly summary book to begin with um all all of the characters go on like a holiday after they finished year 11 i think I don't think it was year 12. Yeah, I think it was year 11. Um, Yeah, and they just, like, go and they get drunk every single night, go on these, like, boat parties. They're, like, somewhere in Spain or something. Like, I don't know. It was pretty crazy. But it's, like, one girl has gone on the boys' trip because the girls had all these dramas. And then I'm pretty sure this is on the back of the book, so I'm not giving away anything. But she wakes up by herself on a beach and then is, like, boys didn't take care of me what happened and then it switched it was really interesting though because I thought that that was going to be the main the, like the line. main plot and what it was what the main plot really is is how all of these teenagers there's like sort of 10 in this main friendship group that are in in the story and they're all yeah like 17 and it's like why are we friends with each other is it just because we were sitting next to each other in class and it was like about evaluating those friendships that you may leave or take from high school so it switches perspectives three times there's three different perspectives in the book and it's really it was really good that sounds really interesting because spoiler alert most people you are only friends with because of circumstance and that's Mm. fine Mm. people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, as the <laughs> saying goes. But honestly, like sometimes you're just friends with someone because of circumstance, and that's yeah. fine. But I think that's really interesting to explore in a teenage book because it's probably something that you don't even realize yourself until you're in like your mid twenties. No one realizes that when they're seventeen. They just don't know why they're dr- suddenly drifting from their best friend in the whole world. Why did I change so much? Uh, uh. Anyway. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Look, it's probably you're probably a pretty sad person if you're the same person you were in high school. Like we all need to change and evolve as human beings. So it's probably a good thing, yeah. really. I've like changed. I think that. I'm like, yeah. oh, so cringy. Like, oh. Yeah. Even when I think back to starting work out of uni, I was saying this to one of my really close uni friends last night. We were having a catch up on the phone and I was saying, even when I think about us at uni, like part of me is so cringed by cringed. I just invented a new word. I feel so cringy about, you know, how I was as a person back then. Mm. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. I mean, uni Caitlin is different to high school Caitlin, but both of them are not this Caitlin. Exactly. Exactly. Same, same thing. And look in, in five years, we'll probably look back and be like, oh my goodness. Oh my God. Early 20s. What were we thinking airing our lives on a podcast? (laughs) What were we doing? Yeah. I'm sure I'll never regret this. Um, (laughs) I hope hope not. It's genuinely one of the best things in my life. I love it. So much fun. Um, speaking of so much fun, you know what I had so much fun doing on the holidays? What? Watching way too much TV. (laughs) Yeah, I watched a lot of TV. I actually, you'll appreciate this. One morning I woke up really early and I couldn't be bothered like getting out of bed. Just that classic like holiday vibe where you're like, I'm just going to stay in bed and like try to go back to sleep. But I couldn't. So I binged the entire season of Lady Gang TV that's on Hayes. Yes! (laughs) Oh, it's so good. And you know, it's so weird because it's like discovering them again because I feel like I know them intimately which I sort of do, but then like just seeing their faces. I know. Puts a whole new spin on it. And I know. they're all gorgeous. I just, I know. I, know I feel that like I've fallen in love with they them. They talk again. about their insecurities a lot of, more on the podcast. And, you know, Kelty doesn't think she's beautiful or whatever, but they're all so freaking gorgeous. They look, all look so stunning on the they show. They do. But yeah, no, they it's do. so great. I'm so glad you finally have watched it. And I love the um I love the format, how they've got like a bit of the behind the scenes stuff yeah. and you know, like the doorbell will go and like Kelty will run up and get their guest and it still feels like our lady game. Yeah, really yeah. real. Yeah. It's real it's really, really good. Very fun. I'm looking forward to more episodes. I, I really liked when um, they did the lie detector with Becca and Zach. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> it, was so, it was so good. Yeah. Sorry, I just suddenly thought, before we talk about what we've watched independently, should we talk about the thing that we watched on, like, the afternoon we finished work for Christmas yes. holidays? <laughs> and when we're done that, can we go see it again? Because, <laughs> like... I want to go see it again. I loved <gasps> it. Okay, so... Literally the day we finished work, as mm. Michelle just said. So Friday, technically holiday, holiday reading. I Friday, mean the 21st of December, we finished work <laughs> and we went to the movies and we saw Mary Poppins Returns. I like Joyful, almost, delightful in every way. Practically perfect in yeah, every way. Absolutely. Oh my God. I, like, I almost cried watching the trailer because I was so excited. Like, I'm surprised I didn't cry during the movie because it was so beautiful and so much fun. And I love Emily Blunt and I love Lin-Manuel oh. Miranda. I just love... I loved all the characters. Love them so much. I, I'm glad Jane grew up to be a real awesome person. Yeah, like, I think it's really interesting because, like, obviously her mum's a suffragette and therefore a feminist. But she's more like, you know, rights for work. Like, it's a different aspect yeah. of a equality. Like, I just, I thought that was really, really great. Um, and the other thing that I loved was the fact that the storyline basically paralleled the original. But, but felt so yeah, different. Yeah, it's in a totally yeah. new way. And there were so many clever little, like, one of my favourite things was when uh, someone asks Jane 
which house you know number 19 or whatever is and um she's like oh it's you know two doors up or whatever and the lady's like many thanks sincerely which if you've listened to the Mary Poppins soundtrack Mm. as much as I have is the last line from the letter that Jane and Michael Banks write to Mary Poppins uh that they you know in the original movie that goes up the chimney so I just thought cute little things like that were, were very very sweet and uh Angela Lansbury's Cameo. cameo. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke's cameo. What oh. a star. He is. Oh, I love him. Iconic. Oh, my oh, God. He's so, the, only, the only disappointment, obviously, was that Julie Andrews didn't make a, make a cameo, but that's, but that's okay. I understand. I'm not mad at her for No, that. I'm not. I'm just saying just it would have made ex- it even more perfect. It would have, but I also understand that it wasn't really necessary. It, I'm no. not surprised at all. That Dick Van Dyke was like, no, I want to be in it. Let me in, let me in, let me in. You know, let like I dance on a table. I'm sure that's what happened. Like, I'm yeah. sure that's what happened. It's so, it's so fun. And yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda was perfection. Oh my God. I practically oh. slapped Michelle when they were doing the, oh, what I'm trying to think of how to describe the scene. They're like, I guess it's like this, the Jolly Holiday yeah, song. I like, relate every scene back to to the whatever original. it was. So I was I so loved it. I loved the, the chim- chimney scene, exactly. even though it's not. I can't even. It was something about following the light and the gas. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because there were lamp lighters. Lamp, lamp light. It was like something the about the lamp song. lighters. Yeah, it was like live a little light, fantastic. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Triple so, little light, fantastic. Yeah. With me. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So the. Yeah, the jolly holiday scene, whatever. But when there were, you know, Emily and Lynn are like singing everything and then she's like, um, they had one more story to go in the song or something and she's like, yes. let's speed it up. And I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh, good. Yeah, Just that was so, brilliant. So the cover is not the book. So open it up and take a look. I Freaking love that. Love yeah, it. no, and again, really great messages all the way through as yeah, well. I know. Really, the really only brilliant. reason I haven't been completely listening to the soundtrack every single day, I will explain one reason later. But Christmas playlists, like, <laughs> of course. yeah, uh, Christmas music is what is important <laughs> in December. So yeah, like we both ugh, loved that. Like, go and see it. Just oh, freaking amazing. I need to go see it again. Yeah, but no, the it's gorgeous. only other movie. I want to talk about, and I'm doing movie in air quotes, which only (laughs) Michelle can see, um, is the Reputation Stadium Tour special on Netflix. Oh my God, what a queen. I loved it so much. And I'm so, like, I never knew that this was happening until they announced it. And I was like, oh, it's going to be up on New Year's Eve. You know, like I wasn't holding out for it or anything just such an extra special blessing because (laughs) taylor swift was touring australia while i was in the u.s so Mm. i was not able to go see her otherwise i probably would have Mm. but oh my god it was so amazing (laughs) so yeah and i re-listened to reputation the reputation album and then she sang long live in the special from her speak now album which is like her second album third third album and i just I love that song, so I've been re-listening to the third album. I'm just going to have to listen to her whole catalogue again. Yeah. I haven't listened to it for a bit. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the only other things like we watched were TV shows. Me too. So we re-watched The Bletchley Circle with my mum and her partner, which I've 
think I've talked about before. I don't know. Anyway, it was great. I wasn't, to be honest, wasn't really paying attention. I was reading because like I had already already seen it and I knew who the killer was. Uh, But the thing that I loved, 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 and if you've watched You, I feel like this would be something that you'd want to watch if you haven't already, and that is The Fall with Jamie Dornan and Gillian Anderson. So it's, look, one of the main selling points was not the stars. It was the fact that it was an Irish crime drama. (laughs) I'm there for that. So it's set in Belfast, uh, and you know from the start that Jamie Dornan is the killer. You watch him. Uh, kill people, stalk people. He is the most evil, sadistic piece of shit on the planet. (laughs) I hated him. Yet at the same time, I could watch this whole show. And I think what the most interesting thing was the way that they portray how this, this manipulative psychopath turns people to what he wants and uses them so i feel like this would give a whole new light to 50 shades of gray <laughs> I, I, because that's I couldn't. basically what christian gray does and i've only seen the first one but like we all know. oh it's look i can't i can't i don't think i can bring myself to watch 50 shades of gray but if i did i, mean, I certainly I wouldn't stop laughing during the first movie <laughs> because the dialogue is so bad i certainly wouldn't be able to think of anything but this now because mm. he has become this killer and he embraces it. So I was under the impression, I thought that we would have a resolution by the end of season one and that season two would be like a new crime that Gillian Anderson would, but I was wrong. I didn't research. I never do any research. I don't read blurbs, whatever. So he actually, it it goes for three seasons and it's this one case, three seasons. So you fully get this view of the killer the way you never do in any other tv show because it's usually just the cops you follow but i think one of the things that was most interesting about his character was we see him right from the very first episode we see him being the murderer and, and then have to watch like the cop characters try and figure it yeah, out yeah. yeah so that's the point it starts is the point there's been two murders a third girl is found and they bring someone in from the met in london and she basically connects the dots and is like this is a serial killer so that's where the police are at but you know who the killer is what's fascinating is that there were times when he would he would tell a story to someone to get himself out of trouble and jack was like maybe he isn't the killer and i was like you saw him like that's how manipulative is though that you as the audience are also also starting to questioning question things and start start to kind of fall under his spell a little bit where you're like oh maybe he is because he's got such a nice family guy exterior it's just incredibly fascinating and at the same time that we like we watched all of this and then both on the drive down and back to my mum's we were listening to last podcast on the left which is very graphic and probably not my favorite thing but Jack enjoys it so I was like cool I'll listen to murder podcast with you in the car like you know, I listen to murder podcasts anyway, but that one in particular, not my favorite. Enjoyed listening to it with Jack. Anyway, the killers that they were talking about, we listened to ones about Ed Kemper and um, the West Memphis Three, which was a, another issue. And um, we listened to one about Jeffrey Dahmer. So big psychopathic killers. Listening to that and then thinking about how this guy was portrayed in this 
crime drama. I just thought how wonderfully like spot on they've really gone in depth with the portrayal of him as a psychopath and I think that's really really interesting the other thing that I loved which I think you would like like I think you should give it a go is that Gillian Anderson's character just acts like a male character would like she has one night stands with people and work colleagues and there's this one moment where this guy is like you know I was ready to leave my wife for you I love you and she's like it's just a one night stand like calm down like what are you doing Mm -hmm. and I just thought that is so like wonderful to see in a way because how often is it the male boss who just sleeps with people Mm -hmm. and they're like oh my gosh she's this love and they're like no like it was just really interesting to see that portrayal in a woman and see her be a character which you could probably say was unlikable but we'd only be saying she was unlikable because she's a woman because men can get away with that a bit more. So that was a really interesting thing to to watch too. So, yeah, sorry to ramble on about that, but I (laughs) loved it. It was so, so clever and just, yeah, (laughs) mind-blowing. A whole different kind of (laughs) mind-blowing was my – almost what's becoming a bit of a Christmas tradition is that I have – started watching all the Arrowverse TV shows with my younger brother again so we watched up to the crossover of Arrow before Christmas and then watched Supergirl and The Flash and then the big four-part epic DC TV (laughs) crossover like which had nothing to do with any of the other like shows current storylines except that it happened to take place around one of the characters' weddings. And they, like, attacked the wedding because all of them came from out of town to the wedding. Of course. For a crossover episode. Yeah. But, yeah, that was freaking awesome. I freaking – I I just love these TV shows so much. And, like, especially Supergirl it just has so many badass women. I love it. So great. Anyway, I don't really need to talk about these shows that much. Um <laughs> Other shows I finished up that I'd been watching before Christmas was The Ranch. So I watched part six, um, which is the second half of season three, as they have now gotten rid of Danny Masterson's character after Netflix fired him earlier last year. And they brought in Dax Shepard to replace him. And I love Dax Shepard. (laughs) Um, But the way they dealt with... Like, I don't really want to give too much away, except everyone knows that Danny Masterson will have been fired because that's public about the show. But the way the show has handled that character departure, when it, you know, I suppose wasn't necessary or wasn't, you know, like the way they have to kind of write out characters and shows, like, if they leave or, you know, I don't know, there's so many terrible examples where like a character will just disappear Mm. and it's and everyone knows it's oh because the character's pregnant or they've left the show dramatically or been fired or whatever and the storyline is just kind of clumsily written them out and it's like oh yeah she moved like you know they've done it so well like that storyline there was like the first half of the series was like still with that storyline with the character of rooster even when he wasn't there 
and was done so so well i love that the guy's name is rooster yeah like that's an aussie nickname for an american show like that's just such an aussie thing then when they add in dax shepherd's character they bring him in as like you know a long lost cousin type of thing and i love dax shepherd listen to his podcast and his character is just so wonderful and just so dax and like which is true for all of the characters i suppose i mean it was ashton kutcher and danny masterson and they were on that 70s show together and you know and have sort of grown up like brothers like being on that show so young and everything and then ashton and dax were on punked together so like they've known each other for like years as well so they bring him in it's like oh and he's like the cousin and his character is from detroit you know all these different things it's like it's just it's it's dax except he drinks (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, except he's not sober um and i think anyone on that show is sober (laughs) but yeah it's just wonderful and then i also finished watching parks and recreation which i've just definitely discussed but i don't think i've discussed that much hilarious love it would rewatch it again in a second but there's so many other wonderful things to watch but no i think at some point halfway through like the whole series i was like yeah no i think i have a crush on ben white because he's like the smart sort of nerdy one and he's just so cute and the way they portray he and leslie's relationship and marriage and everything is very lovely and i think they're adorable yeah i definitely want to watch it one day i definitely should i just don't watch as many american sitcoms as i do british ones Mm. which actually can i share the other thing that i loved watching while i was on holidays dairy girls yes (laughs) it was so 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 good it's so easy to watch like there's so you exactly it's your perfect show (laughs) exactly so there are six episodes they're only 20 minutes each so i just flew through them but it's one of those comedies where the first time you watch it, it's funny and then it just gets funnier every other time you watch it because there are so many little jokes that you missed before. So I love the, the grandfather in it and he's always fighting with like his son-in-law. Yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's so good. <laughs> I know. I have I've not watched all of it. I've watched two episodes, I think. And yeah, damn, it, it is, is so yeah. funny. <laughs> um, the, oh, the other thing I watched... You will laugh at me so much for this. I watched the Love Island Christmas reunion, which I was very pleased to see they did add to um, Australian Nine Now app. Oh, you know, it was good because finding out who's split up and and why and who cheated on who. And (laughs) it was, you know, it was cute. I love 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 Island now and I'm not going to apologise for it because it's it's an escape from reality. Will you watch the Australian one? Oh, probably not. I like that they're British. And also, you know what? You know what's fun? By the time it airs, hopefully we will be living in Britain so I can actually watch it in real time in Britain and get in on all the action when we're there. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I'm just like hoping and praying for, so my favourite couple, Danny and Jack, they have got a reality TV show coming out called like Life After Love Island or something like that. So I just hope that that airs in Australia because I love them so much. I had a wonderful summer break. I did too. I did too. I, it was, it was very relaxing, very restful. And when I went back to work, I kind of felt ready to go back to work. Yeah, me too. Which is always a sign that you've had a good, a good holiday. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. We would love to know what you were reading and watching and listening and consuming over Christmas. 
Um, I mean, consuming as in food too. Tell us what you ate over Christmas. Yeah, I had four meat eats at Christmas lunch. <laughs> my mum made all these really type of really sorry. My mum made all these really nice uh, Tim Tam rumbles, but like without the rum because I actually hate rumbles usually. But they're Tim Tam balls, and she made like white chocolate ones and chocolate ones and coffee ones. Delicious. That's all I ate. That's all I ate for days. It was. <laughs> I was nearly a rumble by the end of it. Like, it was amazing. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. tell us everything you did. Let us know. We're going to be back in a few days with a really, really awesome, fun and science-y, strange for us, I know, science-y episode for you. Until then, happy reading. Goodbye. Happy reading. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Better Words. If you enjoyed it, We'd love it if you left a rating or review on iTunes. It really would mean the world to us. And you can also find us at our website, betterwordspodcast.com and on social media at betterwordspod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Bye. Bye. Bye.